away and stop becoming a pursuit of God. And each day I'm just reminded as I, I continued to search to be challenged by John and, and uh, just other pastors I follow. about the pursuit of God and His love. It's not about coming here on Sunday, but truly experiencing His presence. And I know I've been challenged by that to just, to just stand in awe of God. Do I just stand in awe of Him? Or do I just look at Him as, as someone to give me something? Or do I understand that He is the prize? I have a friend from, from years ago who I still keep in contact with. He doesn't live here anymore. But... Uh, verse he showed me is Genesis 15 verse 1 and it says that God was speaking to Abraham and he said to Abraham I am your shield your exceedingly great reward it wasn't the promised land that that was beautiful to Abraham it was God himself and it was the same with Moses I know Pastor John spoke on that before too and that's one of my favorite verses is is um, God tells Moses he's like you know what I'll clear out the promised land and I'll and I'll take you there but I'm not going to go with you. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be there. And Moses said, you know what? If, if you're not in the promised land, then I don't want it. That's what he said. He said, if you're not in the promised land. So it's like, man, if you picture heaven without God, that's not heaven, guys. And I've been challenged more like that myself. And I've just been challenged to, to spend more time alone, to, to cut out that time in my day, to get alone with God and to just pray, to get away from electronics and everything. I just go for walks and I just pray because his presence will transform you like nothing else. And man, I'm, I'm so far from where I want to be, but I know that God is faithful. He's patient, kind, and his, his mercy is never in me. So, so we'll just pray. God, I thank you so much for your love. I thank you for the ability to come here, the men and women in this building who, who have a heart for people. I ask that you would continue to give us your heart for these people in this room, for the people in this community, and that we would reach out. But we'd also understand that we need to draw close to you because as long as we stand on our own strength, we will fail, Lord. Let us continue to pursue you and your presence because you are alive. God, you are living and you speak to us if we would just stop and listen. Thank you so much, and it's in Jesus' name. Here in your love, here in 
your love, no place I'd rather be, no place I'd rather be, no place I'd rather be, be here in your love, here in your love, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control, cause I want more of you, God. Cause I want more of you, God Set a fire down in my soul That I can't stand, that I can't control Cause I want more of you, God Yes, I want more of you, God Set a fire down in my soul That I can't stand, that I can't control Cause I want more of you, God I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. Cause I want more of you, God. Cause I want more of you, be our hearts cry more of you and less of me more of you and less of me more of you and less of me Jesus scream that out more of you and less of me more of you and less of me 
one more time. For if you would bless me, for if you would bless me, for if you would bless me, Jesus. Set a fire down in my soul that it can't contain, that it can't control. Cause I want more of you, God. Cause I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that it can't contain, that it can't control. Cause I want more of you, God. Cause I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that it can't
to reach out to him, to seek him like that, to seek him with that desperation in this place today. Amen? Come on, with everything inside of us, if you need that, if you need him today, you sing it out, you sing. Fire, fall down. Fire, fall down. On us we pray. Come on, come on, sing it out, sing it out. wants to meet you here so if you have something going on and you need him you need him you've tried every other road you've tried to fix it yourself but you need God you're ready to say God I need you to take care of this then I just challenge you to come up here I challenge you I know it's a step of faith I know it feels crazy but when God's presence is here why shouldn't we ask him to meet us in our need so I just challenge you if you're a leader here come and pray for these these people these individuals that have just enough strength to say God I need you God I can't do this on my own this is when we rally together as a church this is when we say I'm gonna stand with you wherever you're at I'm gonna stand in the gap with you when you feel like you can't go any longer when you feel like you need God and there's nothing else that can help you there's nothing else that can get you through it so God we pray God that your presence just comes down in every single situation, God, here. God, as these people have come humbly, God, and they've said, God, I need you. I've tried everything else, God, but I need you, God. I need your presence in my life, God. I need you. You're the only one, God, that can take this, God, and make it something, God, good. So, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, God 
that you're going to meet us where we're at, God, because we were willing to come up and say, God, only you, only you, God. We give it to you. Thank you, Jesus. This is not something that we rush. We're just going to pray for God to just give them the peace that they need, for God to give them the answers that they need, because only He can. So God, we thank you for your faithfulness, God. Show me your, show me your
Heavenly Father, just speak to us right now, Lord. Just take a moment. You don't even need to say a single thing. Just let God, just, just take a moment and just ask God to speak to our hearts. This might be just something new. I know it doesn't go around here a lot, but when God wants to speak to us, let him just speak to us. Just speak to us, Lord God. Just heal hearts right now, Lord God. We don't rush you, God. There's nothing more important when you're changing lives, Lord God. We enter in, Lord, as a family, as a covenant family. We say, I'm in with you. I'm in with you. Whatever you want to do, God, I'm here with you. I want to stand with you. Whatever you're going through, we're going through it together. I pray that's family. Family, there's always a cost to say, I'm with you. And I pray that that be us today. That'd be us. Just give God praise. Let's give God praise. You guys can be seated. Man, I come up here and I'm just overwhelmed. I'm like, man, what do I say after that? Yeah, praise God. Exactly. That's perfect. Are you guys doing today? Awesome. Especially after that, you know, God's Holy Spirit is here. That's there's no words for that. God's presence, there's no words for that. Today, you know, um, just wanted to share. Had a lot of thankfulness in my heart, especially after that. How can you not be thankful? In uh, 2 Chronicles 5.13, the trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give, great, or give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good. His love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud. Well, I'll just kind of end it right there, but He is good. His love endures forever. And, you know, going into Thanksgiving, I want you to really think of that thankfulness. You know, uh, when I was praying, I was just closing my eyes, and, and even if you want to do that, just close your eyes real quick. I want you to think of one time that you were just so thankful, whether it was when you got married, when you had your child, a time here at church when someone prayed over you, you know, the Easter outreach, when you see that smile on your face, on your child's face when they're going for Easter eggs, just that thankfulness, that joy that comes to your heart. And I know right now it's a hard time in this world. Sometimes we go through the storms and just like last, the last sermon, you know, the storms are before that. I was thinking on that. Sometimes we go through those storms in life. And sometimes you got to pause and think of those thankful times, that joy. And be blessed knowing that you have a time that you can go back and be thankful. And uh, it was pretty neat because um, my wife took my kids to go get some haircuts the other day. And there was an older gentleman with his grandchild there. And they had a conversation and he actually ended up paying for my boy's haircuts. I'm like, man.
man, you know, that caught me off guard, that, that thankfulness. It's those small things that we can do to put a smile on somebody's face, to help them close their eyes and go to that one moment where you're thankful in these crazy times. And I just wanted to share that with you. Going into Thanksgiving, you know, whether you have a huge family here or it's just you guys, I challenge you. When you have dinner, go around and bring that up. What are you thankful for? What can we as a family be thankful for? Or even what can we do for someone that they can be thankful for? And, uh, I don't know, that's just one thing that is really just hitting me and messing me up. Sometimes I get caught up in work and stress and everything else, and I guess the perfect way to say it is I need a Jesus slap. And, you know, with this thankfulness, I really got that. I woke up today. I'm here today with my family. You're here, and you're here for a reason. I know it's kind of rough to say, but I really hope that Jesus gave you that Jesus slap. But uh, we love you guys, and we're just thankful that you guys are here today. And if you guys can uh, come on up, just wanted to open up in prayer real quick. Father God, more than anything, I'm just thankful for you, dear God. I'm thankful for your presence, dear God, just for you above everything else, dear God, that we can look to, whether it's addictions, dear God, whatever it may be holding us back, dear God, whether it's hurt or losing somebody, dear God, let us not blame you, dear God. Let us not look to you and just put all that negative things towards you, but look to you for life, dear God. Look to you to fill that emptiness that we cannot find in this world, dear God. I thank you for the unity that's going to take place, dear God, through all these people, dear God, even us who get lost, dear God, through the elections, whatever it may be, dear God, you are in control. And I thank you for that, dear God. You created this world. It's not the government. It's not us. It's you. So I speak life into that, dear God, that people find you above everything else. And I thank you for this church, that we can grow together, dear God, to lead others to you, for your love that surpasses all, dear God. I thank you for today. I thank you for what's going to be spoken today, dear God. Give us the, just the heart and the ears to receive what it is that we need to receive from you. I thank you for this morning, dear God, that whoever came up, dear God, that they really truly have a relationship with you, dear God. And if they didn't, I just ask that you meet them there where they were seated, dear God, or standing up. And I thank you for all that's taking place and all that you're doing. In Jesus' name. Good morning. Thank you for your giving. We are uh, at the end of this month, at the end of November or throughout November, um, what we do every year is we take a Thanksgiving offering and we put aside just something just that we're grateful for. And this year, all our, uh, what we're going to give to is Urban Outreach. It's an outreach in the Five Points, Denver, and uh, Isaac and Jamie. And uh, we're very excited to always partner with them, and uh, we love them. Uh, but I want you guys to extend yourself a little bit. Extend yourself in your giving. Man, it is in the releasing that you're full. 
and I, we're, and none of it stays here. It's going to totally go to urban outreach, to the, to, the, the, to the ones that are homeless there, the drug addicts, the ones that just need them to be there. And I was just talking, to, uh, we got to talk to Jamie and Isaac on Friday and all the relationships. And, 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 and they were talking about different, uh, different people that we know. If you've been to Urban Outreach, you know the different names and how, how some of them have grown so far and they're finally on their own. And how some of them have fallen back into what they're into. And, uh, but we were talking about it, but, we, but they continue to come back to uh, see Isaac and Jamie. And, uh, and I pray that we can be a part of that that you guys are a part of that, that we don't, that we extend ourselves during Thanksgiving for those uh, who are in need to be a part of that in uh, Denver Five Points. Amen? So just uh, put something aside. We're all going to do it, and we're all going to, we're all going to take part. Um, but this morning, if you are a guest, thank you for being here, and uh, uh, make sure that uh, you guys just get connected. We have something called groups. Groups are just a uh, we're, it's just a bunch of people meeting together at home. We call it family. It's a place to be known and get known and to know people deeply. I think everyone needs to be part of a group. You can find them online or in the lobby. Um, and, but I just want you to connect. Don't just, don't just come here. The, ch- the word church was never meant to be a, a place. It was ne- never meant to be a building. It always represented in the Bible a people, a group of people. A group, a family of people that they were in covenant together. That's, that's like what it means. I know that's a biblical word. It just means that they promised one another that they would stand together. That they would, that whatever at the cost to them, that they would help you up. That they would help you through whatever you're getting through. It's covenant. It's more, it's not just, uh, we're not just buddies, man. We, we have something deeper in Christ and we stand together. And if we're just standing together just to be BFFs and just like, you know, and if something goes wrong, we're out. That's not covenant. It's standing with people when they are not with you sometimes. It's standing with people when they're not standing for you sometimes. Sometimes when we in our real family, right, you're like, my family is crazy. But if someone else calls your family crazy, you get upset. You know why? Because you're standing with, because you stand with them differently. Differently. And I pray in the same way that we would do that in, in our family of God in church. Amen? All right, we're in our 13th message of the book of Mark 13th and I'm going to have Brian come up here and he's going to read for you Mark chapter 5 verse 1 to 20. Give Brian a hand. Good morning. They came to the other side from the sea to the country of the Gerasenes and when Jesus had stepped out of the boat immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and out on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me? Jesus, Son of the Most High God. I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. 
So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there clothed on his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pig, pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has, has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. It's the word of the Lord, amen? It's crazy, like in both stories. Last week we talked about Jesus, like taking these guys into the eye of the storm, and, and in the beginning the guys were scared of the storm, and at the end of the story they're scared of Jesus, right? And then Jesus gets on the ground, and he comes to, this, to the other side. And in the beginning, they're afraid of this demon-possessed man. At the end of the story, they're afraid of Jesus. And I wonder if we're missing something when we read these stories, because uh, we, we go through them, and we don't stop. And I'm going to break this down for us today as we go through Mark. So they're in the area called the Gerasenes, the country of the Gerasenes, where they meet a man, one man, right, possessed by demons. And what's interesting is how far Jesus goes out of his way. Say, out of his way. Have you ever gone out of your way for somebody, right? You've gone out of your way. You've done something that you shouldn't have done, but you're going to do it because you love them. Jesus goes out of his way to get to the other side. He travels over the sea. He goes, he, he, and he travels out of bounds into, a, into this country where good Jewish boys and girls don't go to, all right? And to encounter one man tormented by demons living in a graveyard. You're like, terrific, right? And, I, and, and, and here we talk about demons every time it comes up in Scripture. As we're going through Mark, I'm going to talk about it. And as much as God wants to talk about demonic activity, I will, I'm going to talk about it to you guys. Because in that pattern, I think it's very important. And so if I was one of the disciples, I'd be like, like, dear God, like you go through the storm and Jesus takes you into it and he's sitting on his cushion and he's chilling, sleeping downstairs while you're going into the storm. And now once you get off the storm and you're thanking God, thank God I'm alive, he takes you in front of a demon-possessed guy. Like, Jesus, is this what you do? Have you ever felt that in life? You go from one thing to another to another to another and you're like, Jesus, help a brother out. Like, come on. Like, just, just help me out, Jesus. Like, please just like why this and why why over and over why the next thing i just thought we got over something and then you're getting into another one right and if i would be the disciples i'd be wondering where is jesus taking me why is he leading me here what is he trying to show me and now i want that uh, to turn that question on you in your life today and in this message today where is jesus taking you i believe he's either taking you out of something or into something what is he trying to show you in all of this? In place, in the place that you live, in the place that you work, what is he trying to show you with the people that you're surrounded by, with the problems that you face? And how will we respond to Jesus? I guess that's the biggest question. 
How will you respond to Jesus? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to run right into this. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that today, no matter what, there is a response at hand. We can't just sit back and say nothing, God. I pray your word reveal more of who you are and your heart and your kingdom and your heart for people, God, your heart for us. And I pray change our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. So this message, we called it Hello from the Other Side because Jesus continues to go to the other side and the other side. Just imagine, just, just as you're on this boat, you come, it says in, that they come to the area of the Gerasenes and there's this demon-possessed guy, right? And, 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 and if you don't know the Jewish history, the Gerasenes is not a place you go to. There's, there's religious, like, tension. There's cultural tension. There's, there's, uh, there's uh, racial tension going on. And these people in the garrisons are considered unclean. Say unclean. Unclean, like what we think about unclean, I think about my, my son Ezra, his nasty little face every time he eats, right? I'm like, oh, your face is unclean. But what it means in the Bible when it says unclean is that they are too far for God. It literally means that they're unsavable. So the Jewish people believed that there was a people group, a racial group that was too far from God and unsavable. Unsavable. And that's exactly the place Jesus steers the boat to get to. Isn't that awesome? Like, he's like, oh, we don't go there, Jesus. No, he's like, actually, that's part of the plan. That's exactly where I'm going. Go grab a cushion. We're going that way, right? He's intentionally navigating that way. In verse 3, he says, he lived among the tombs in the graveyards, and no one could bind him. He was, like, super strong. They tried to chain him up in shackles, and no one had the strength to, to subdue him. So this guy is this freaky strong guy, just terrifying in the face because he's cutting himself everywhere. And they tried holy oil and chanting and whatever they tried to do, and, and then they started to chain him up. Nothing worked. No one could control this man. And night after night, this man would be tormenting him. He would be crying out as he was cutting himself with stones. Just think about the suffering an individual goes through, and especially when you're possessed. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that before or if saw someone possessed, but that's, well, it will scare anyone. There's just, it's just something else. Uh, I won't tell you any stories, but there was this one time uh, I was with, uh, I was at Thrive Church, and this man came in just, I, I, all I could say is possessed. And he was like, so angry, and the rage was absolutely just possessing him. And he started headbutting through the walls. <laughs> One hole, <laughs> two hole, <laughs> three hole. I was like, does anyone have any weapons just in case this guy flips? I was like, what is going on? And, I, and, and it was so, but uh, my pastor, Pastor Bro, he just like takes care of it like it's nothing. I'm like, I don't know how you do that. I want to go to the back room, man. <laughs> I'm going to leave you here, you know? But I was just thinking, just the authority that he had in Jesus, and, uh, and uh, if you came here not, uh, just not thinking that we were going to talk about demons, well, welcome, right? But every night, this man was screaming out, and there was a torment you could hear. Even from the far side of town, you could hear his voice screaming in agony for help. And verse 6 says, when Jesus saw him from afar, he ran and fell down before him and cried out with a loud voice. And he said, Jesus, you can't do nothing with. No, he actually falls down at his feet in the, like, humility. 
and says, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Listen, demons even know who Jesus is. They know his authority. They know his power. They know, I want to tell you, I want, I want you to hear this. They know that Jesus is not safe. Sometimes we make Jesus out to be like Mr. Rogers or Barney the Purple Dinosaur. But in the Bible, people are afraid of Jesus. They know he's not safe. He's not safe. If you ever have read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, they said they, there's, a, there's a part where Mr. Beaver, I know there's talking animals, but, but Mr. Beaver, the, uh, the little girl, Lucy, asks Mr. Beaver, and talking about Aslan or the Jesus character, he says, is he safe? And, uh, and the beaver says, is he safe? Is he safe? No, he's not safe, but he's good. And I want to tell you about our walk with Christ and who Jesus is. Is he safe? I'm, I'm telling you, there's sometimes, if, it's, if he's safe and we Americanize the safety of our Christianity, of what God calls us into, if Jesus was just safe, there wouldn't be so many martyrs, so many disciples died for their faith if he was just safe. I'm not telling you that he's going to be safe, that life is going to be easy, but I'm telling you he's good. And that's where you want to be. That's where your fulfillment comes from. That's where true peace lies. If you're looking for purpose, that's where you're going to find it. He's not safe but he's good. See, demons understand that, but I don't think Christians fully understand who Jesus is. We make him out to be this distant father that lets his kids do whatever they want in the grocery store, right? Do whatever you want, go crazy, right? And, and they're running around in the grocery store of life, pushing things over, right? And they do whatever they want, and as long as we're Christians, we're safe. We, as long as we wear our t-shirt, right, we're safe, and, 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 and as if God is not a holy, holy, holy God that will return one day. And it says that every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And what that means is you will either bow or you will bow. You will not not bow, right? Those double knots, right? But like it or not, you're going to bow. And we better look at Jesus another way. We need a dose of the fear of God in us, many of us. Because he's more, he's not our homeboy, right? He's not Mr. Rogers. It says in the Bible, Jesus is king. John Bevere in his book, The Fear of God, he wrote, Holy fear is the key to God's sure foundation, unlocking treasures of salvation, wisdom, knowledge, along with the love of God. It composes the very foundation of life. We will soon learn that we cannot truly love God until we fear him, nor can we properly fear him until we love him. See, Jesus, demons know who he is, do we? Demons know the power that is in Christ, do we? Romans 8, 11 says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The same authority, the same power dwells in you, but we live like we don't have the power. But I'm telling you, if that Holy Spirit, that fire of God dwells in you, then you have the power, you have the peace, you have the authority as long as we are in Christ. I believe if we really knew this, not just knowing about it, but really knew it, we would live differently. That's why we've, we're going through the book of Mark, because I want you to meet Jesus again like it's the first time, because we have a way that we thought that Jesus was like, and the Bible says very differently of who he is. I want you to meet the Jesus of who he says he is, the real one. God, give us a clearer 
view of you. Show us who you are. Show us your glory. Show us your victory. Show us your presence. Show us your power. Show us your authority. Show us your kingdom. We don't want the, 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 the whatever, the quick microwave version of Jesus that we've been given. We want the one in the Bible that cost us, that, that, that there was a fear of understanding who you are, but a love at the same way. It's this dichotomy that we might not fully try to grasp in our minds, but there is a fear and an absolute love for God that we need. And then verse 8, and he says, Jesus said, come out of that, come out, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked them, what's your name? And it's funny because in this Bible story, we don't really know the name of the guy. We always known him as Legion, right? And Legion is actually the name of the demons, so we've always called the guy Legion. It's actually not his name. I don't know what his name is. It doesn't say what his name is. But his, he says, what's your name? His name is, my name is Legion. And he begs Jesus not to send them out of the country. And I was thinking about that because demons stay in regions. Demons or demonic activity stays in regions. They're strategic. They build strongholds in areas. And I just want to let, let us know this so we're equipped. They build strongholds in families. Is there something in your family? I know that there's some, some families have like anger issues and, they, and the unforgiveness issues. Some families have alcoholism issues and or, or affair issues. And it goes all throughout the family. And we say, oh, no, that's just what happened with my family. But I'm telling you, if we're not aware of the spiritual strongholds, then we can't take care of it. You can't take care of it because it's spiritual. It's spiritual, and if you don't face your issues today, especially for our parents, your children will face them tomorrow. I was going to use the quote from uh, How to Train Your Dragon, but I didn't. But it, was, it says the same thing, right? But because it's spiritual, you, what you don't see can hurt you. Don't forget it's spiritual. I want to give you just uh, two points, the mission of Jesus and the freedom of Jesus, right? And, and, and number one, the mission of Jesus. You're on a mission. Say, I'm on, an, on, I'm on a mission. That's right. You're on a mission. Man, your life has purpose. And purpose is not you. Purpose is not to build the best thing for you. That's how we've been told, like, oh, get an education for you. Get, do this for you. Make enough money for you. Then you get there and you just, you, you, it's still empty, right? Some of you, you guys have gotten everything that you wanted and yet, you want more because it's not it. It's just not it. You, you're searching for more. Man, if it's from sex, if it's from money, whatever it is, we, we want more and more. And, and it's because we're lacking the true mission that God has placed in us. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. We have a mission. Jesus went out of his way for one man to get to the other side. Say one. For one man. For one person, Jesus goes out of his way. It's crazy. Jesus gets on this boat, goes through a storm, lands for one demon-possessed dude. He, he heals him, sets him free, and then he leaves back to the other side. You would think he would chill for a while, but he doesn't. He goes after one person. It starts with one we may think, how can I affect my family or my city? How can I make a difference? And I want to tell you, it starts with one. Just one. Leave the outcomes to God. Just do your part with one. Take one of those bags when you leave and give to one person. Share Jesus with one person. I'm telling you, share, sharing Jesus is still relevant today. 
I know we don't like to say that in church. We're like, oh, you know, really, it's, it's personal. Yeah, it's personal. But if hell is a real place and you believe in a real God, then your personal and your emotion has to go past at some point. It has to be missional. We got to step out of personal then into missional. That we are on a mission to share Jesus with one, to be generous to one, to take care of one, to do our part. Jesus came to seek and save the lost, the unlovable, the unsavable, and the untouchable. And no one is too far from Jesus. Some of you, you're in this room and you think you're just too far, just too messed up. And, and if, you're, if, if it wasn't too far for a naked dude who cuts himself living in a graveyard, then you're not too far. Your own drunk uncle ain't too far. Your child isn't too far. Your husband's not too far. The strongest skeptic is not too far. We're limiting God with our own fears and our own limitations. Stop it. Go after one person. God is greater than you can ever imagine. But the only way to experience that is you have to get out on a limb. You can't live in safety to see God do miraculous things. Sometimes you have to head over to the other side just for one person. And I want to tell you this, if God can save me, and I was, I just want to tell you, I was absolutely out of control and out of my mind. And I, I, that's how I think in my, in my own life, I was like so addicted to drugs, so addicted to so many things, lust over, uh, overcoming my life, just so many things that I was counted out for, I should have been, I thought I was, I even believed that I was too far from God, and he still came after one. And if God can save us, God can save me. He can save you from anything you're going through. But you got to step out on a limb and say, I need saving. I need help. Man, we need to step out. Stop limiting God. The truth is, as we read this story, I am legion, man. I am this guy. I am this cat. And so are we. We are him too. We, are too, we were too dead to sin, bound by sin, hurting ourselves, crying for help, day after day, looking for hope. I don't care what you look like on the outside. We all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We have all sinned. Man, you're not good. God's good. Sometimes we start believing we're good. You ain't that good. I always say, if you had a television set on your, on your head that showed all the thoughts that you think during the week, you, <laughs> you wouldn't even think you were saved right? You, you would say, how could God even love me? I'm telling you, we're not that good, man. In this room, we still deal with racism. We still deal with sexism. We still deal with lust. And then we say, we always try to point like, oh, but I, you know, it's someone else. No, it's us too. We're crazy too. You got you to gotta accept the craziness so you can accept the healing. <laughs> I, know, I know who I am. I'm in absolute need of God. And the moment you don't think you need God, is, is we think grace is for us to be saved. Like, oh, the grace is so that God can save. And you know, grace is every single day. You drink that up. Every day we need God's grace. Not only for our salvation, but for our life, for our love, for our workplace, for our friendships. We need grace every single day. Let God speak to you so you can help those get to the other side. We're on a mission. Number two, we, number two, we, we, we need freedom. We need Jesus' freedom. 
the freedom of Jesus. And I, I just wrote here, free people, free people. If you're not free, you can't help people free. Have you ever been on an airplane and they, they say, what do they say when that mask drops? Yeah, you put it on yourself first before you help those around you. And I believe that's absolutely true about life. We're always trying to help someone else, even when there's like a deep, dark sin or need in our life that we need to take care of. And some of us, uh, you have a proclivity just to lean that way. That's how you forget that you've got big issues is you just help other people so you don't need to focus on you. I don't, I don't know if that's, that, that's how you are like, but I know that's, that's how I do life, you know. Oh, I'm a professional Christian. I'm a pastor, right? And, and, and sometimes I don't look at my own weaknesses and sins, and as God reveals them, I need to take a look at it. I need to resolve this. I can't help you if, you, if I, can't, I can't look within myself because free people, free people. It's easy to see legion needing freedom, but how about you? And I'm going to get real here. More than ever before, I realized a spiritual war going on in my own life. More than ever before, I sense an attack on our lives. 2016 really sucked. <laughs> That's what Candace and I say. We're like, we hate 2016. Damn, we, we protest 2016, right? Man, there's so many things went on in 2016 for us. Candace got a, whatever she went to, whatever, uh, 30 doctors, and they just told her nothing's still wrong with her, and we're still going, and it, it's messing with us. Like, in every way, when you're trying to figure out your sickness and you can't find out what's causing the headaches or the sickness in Candace, and it's a stress on the family, it's stress on the kids, it's stress financially, it's stress in the unknown. And I'm like, why is 2016 so awful? God, I can't wait to 2017. It's been the hardest year of our lives, and I want to ask you for prayer. Please pray for us. We need your prayer for strength, for leading. And, and, and it's easier to, like, you know, like, play Christian and, like, come here and, like, it's easier to do all mess, you know, like, just be dishonest with our feelings than to, like, let people in, to let people in. Many of us today, we don't ask for help ask for freedom because we don't think we need it. But I'm going to pry a little. You guys, you guys ready? I'm going to pry a little. <laughs> no one answered. They're like, no. <laughs> you guys ready? No. <laughs> Get out of here. End the sermon. Right? End the message, man. You guys ready? I'm going to pry like Jesus prays. Is there an area in your life, and I just want you to be honest with yourself. You don't need to, pl you don't need to play Christian games. Because it's no good for you anyway. It's the worst thing you can do at church. Is there an area in your life that you feel powerless to control? Is there an area in your life that you've dealt with over and over and over again? You still feel stuck, bound, helpless. A sin that you've confessed over and over again that you can't get over on. And for some of you, it's been years. Some of you, it's been decades for decades. Maybe it's lust. You've been controlled by it ever since you were a little boy or a little girl. Pornography, like a drug. You need your fix, and you don't, you don't know why. You hate it, yet you need it. It's ruining your marriage. It's ruined your marriage before. It's ruining your mind, ruining your spirit, but you just can't stop. Maybe it's anger. This was one of the ones I couldn't stop. I would just rage out. Just go nuts. I don't know if any of you guys have, any of you girls have just like freaked out before for no reason. 
It's because there's some un, unresolved issues in your life, unresolved forgivenesses in your life. I, I, remember, I remember when I was younger, I would, like, try to fight people in all sorts of places. I'm like, what is going on? You're a pastor, Job. I told you the story one time when I was... Uh, we were playing Christian Basketball League. Don't ever play in the Christian Basketball League if you're a pastor. And, yeah, you guys laugh now. Um, and uh, I, I, I got into this tussle with this dude, and uh, I was like, I wish he would punch me because I want to go at it. Then I would have an excuse that I could, I was just defending myself in the name of Jesus, right? So the next day, I, co- I come to church. I was working at Thrive Church. And this girl, she's new here. She's new, and I told this story before. And she's like, she looks at me and goes, I know you. I was like, I don't think we've ever met, right? I know you. You tried to fight my uncle the other night. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I don't work here. <laughs> I was like, dang, man. Dude, your sin will find you out, even in the Christian basketball league, right? All right, I'm not so I was just thinking how easy anger or whatever, lust or fear. Some of you deal with fear so bad and it controls your decisions. Some of you people, some of you are absolute control freaks. And if anything goes wrong, you feel like your world is crumbling. Some of you worry too much. And your decisions are all based on worry or anxiety. Or you deal with depression or your past. Always hanging over your life. And I would just want to ask us, church... Man, we need to wake up. It's not just a bad habit. It's not just a little problem. It's demonic. If you've been dealing with it for that many years, at some point we have to come to a conclusion, maybe it's demonic. Maybe that's what we're dealing in our lives today. In the Bible, it says Satan came, comes only, he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He does. And, and if you know that there's a thief in your house, you don't just live like nothing's going on. Like, oh, the thief is in the closet. No big deal. Let's raise our children. No. You, you, got, you better call the cops. You better call the cops. You better, you better get your whatever. You know, you better arrest the thief. Get him out of your home. Stop living in torment. Call Jesus. Arrest the thief. Kick him out of your life, your family, your mind. Stop the torment. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He came to set us free. John 8, 36 says, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. You are more than free. Take Jesus up on his promise. But you need to humble yourself, face it, confess it, and let it out. Some of us, we deal with it personally. No, I got it personally. How well has that been working with you the last decade? No, I, I still got it, John. I still got it. It's not demonic. It's just a bad habit. It's just personal for the last 10 years, right? At some point, we got to look at it in the face and say, I got an issue. I need prayer. John, if you, when you confess something out loud, it stops having the grip on you. As long as it's private, it's going to mess with you in private, mess with your mind in private. But when you let it out in public, Man, who cares about your, you, you, what people think about you when God has a freedom for you? Step out. No one likes you faking it anyway. No one likes to fake you anyway. No one does. We got to step out and say, I got an issue here. I got to face this problem here. There are people in this room that hear me right now, and you've given up on yourself. You say, I'm too far from God, and I'm telling you, you're not. You're not. As we close today... As we close today, I want us just to stand. Just take a moment.
It's funny because we've already, Candace already did the altar call part for me today. Yeah, she nailed it. That's right. That's what we needed, you know, that's what we needed. We needed a moment where the Holy Spirit could just heal us. But if you are here and you are dealing with the same thing over and over again, I'm telling you, the leadership of this church is here. We're here for you. We want to stand with you, not to point you out, but to lead you out. And if you think you got an issue that you've dealt with a long time, I'm telling you, there's 10 other people in your life that are dealing with that same issue. And if you could free yourself, you could free them too. It's an issue of freedom. It's an issue of taking God's word as it is and using the power of Jesus Christ to set you free so you can get on mission and set others free. Let us not hold back. The longer you hold back and say, this is my thing, the longer someone else in your life, in your family, in your circle, in your world has to hold back and deal with it. Sometimes you got to get deal with it and get to the other side so you can set free people from the other side. Amen? Man, give God praise. If you need prayer, we're always here to pray for you. But what I want to pray for our church today is mission. Man, don't live life like you're the ends to the mean. I'm telling you, that is the emptiest place you're going to find. Because you find that the biggest problem you face in life is you anyway. So more of you is not going to make your life any better. Man, get some Christ in there. May you fill that with Jesus and fill that with people. Open your life up. Be on mission. Tell your story. Share your love. Be on mission. I'm going to pray for you today. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, for the people in this room, Lord God, as we close. I pray, Lord God, we have a mission. God, there's a world out there on the other side of these walls. And we have that need your love, that need your freedom, that need your grace, Lord God. Not grace for just salvation, not grace for just a moment, but grace to live this life, Lord God. And if we fall down, we get back up, understanding the grace is still there for us, Lord God. I believe our future is just on the other side, Lord God. I believe our promise is just on the other side. Our deliverance is just on the other side. Our freedom is just on the other side. But I pray for a church that will take up a mission, that won't hold back, that won't be consumers of Jesus Christ, but we'll be partakers of Jesus Christ, Lord God. We're not customers, we're co-workers, Lord God. And we will work together on your mission, on your kingdom, Lord God, with urban outreach, Lord God, in our lives, in general, Lord God, internationally. I pray that this church, Lord God, would be a church on mission, Lord, filled with your fire and spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Get to know one another, man, and get into a group and share your life with people. Share your life with people. God bless you.